Thank you for tuning in to Timely and Timeless Truth Podcast with Danny Varghese. We hope and pray that you will be blessed by the hearing of the Word of God. Here is Danny Varghese with today's scripture meditation. There is an interesting statement that David makes in Psalm 27 verse 4. Before I go over that, I want to just go over what he says prior to that in verses 1, 2, and 3 in Psalm 27. He begins that psalm by saying two things, by asking two things or two questions. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? On paper, it is written as two statements, as two questions, but it is essentially the same question. It is just one question. He's asking, if the Lord is my light, my salvation, and the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? The answer seems to be obvious. It is obvious. The answer should be, there is nothing that I fear. There is no one that I fear. But that is easier said than done, is it not? Here is King David making a bold proclamation a bold declaration, a statement of faith, a statement of conviction. He makes a pronouncement before he says anything else. And here is David about to present to us certain circumstances, situations that he has gone through or is going through. And he presents them in varying degrees of danger or from the lesser degree of danger to the highest or the most extreme degree of danger. He begins by saying, when evildoers assail me, when they form up against me to eat up my flesh. Then he says, even if my adversaries were to come against me. Then he says, even if foes were to come against me. After that, he says, though an army encamp against me, surround me. Finally, he says, though war rise up against me. These are the situations, the kind of situations that he's drawing out for you and I as readers, as listeners of this particular psalm. The situations that he has faced or is going through. And he's saying, even if all of these were true or any of this was true, he's saying two things, that I will be confident and that I will not fear. I will not be afraid. Picture this with me, if you will. Here is... David, in the middle of all of the overwhelming situations in his life, he's right in the middle of it. He's surrounded by all of these situations, and he's in the middle of it proclaiming one thing, making this declaration that I will not be afraid, that I will not fear, that I will be confident. In other words, he is expressing, strongly expressing his faith, who his faith is in or that he has faith in someone. And the question then becomes, at least for me, why is it that David is able to make such a bold statement? How is he able to have such a bold position? In spite of everything that is daunting, that is overwhelming, he's making this declaration. He's taken this bold position. And how is he able to do that? The answer to that, I believe, is in verse 4. The key to his faith, the key to his confidence, 
is what verse 4 is all about. Here he says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after. One thing I have asked of the Lord. And he's asking, he has a strong desire for this one thing, but he just does not ask. He then says that I seek after that. I long after that thing that I ask for. He pursues it. It's an active effort towards that strong desire. What is the one thing that I've asked of the Lord? What is the one thing that I seek after? According to David, he says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Though he says one thing I have asked of the Lord. Here, it seems as though he's stating three different things. But I believe they are three versions of the same thing. He's just repeating the same desire in three different ways. That's one way to look at it. Or it can be considered this way. His main desire, his one desire, is that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. And then he gives us two reasons as to why he desires to do that. Number one, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. However we look at it, it is a desire to dwell in the house of of the Lord. And so it is worth noting the words that he's using to express this desire. He's saying that I may dwell, to gaze, and to inquire. There are three words here. All three of these words, they express to us a long-lasting feel, right? They have a long-lasting sense to them, a long-lasting feel to them. They're not a quick, momentary, sudden, abrupt, temporal kind of actions. They're very much focused efforts. It's not just a visitation, a quick visit to the, to the temple of the Lord. It is not an occasional visit. It's not a visit that is in passing. He wants to dwell. He wants to stay and remain there. Then he says, I want to gaze. Again, it's a focused effort, not a quick, temporal, abrupt kind of an effort. It is one that involves looking at the beauty of the Lord intently for a long time to gaze upon it, to stare, to fixate his eyes on that. Then he says to inquire in his temple. Again, the word inquire does not convey a quick reading or even a quick kind of an assignment. It is something that he's committing to for a long time. It is an effort that involves deep study and research and understanding, inquire in his temple. The question is, what is his topic and subject of concern here? What is his topic and subject of research? It is God. It is his presence and it is his word. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Here we see a focus that is undistracted, that, that is very much focused, that is undivided, that is unhindered. In the midst of the many things that he could have asked for, he's asking for one thing alone. 
He could have certainly asked for deliverance. He could have certainly inquired about a rescue plan in the midst of the overwhelming situations that he was facing. But he decides to just ask one thing. What does he ask for? What does he ask for? He's essentially asking for more of God and for more of God's presence. Again, let me remind you of that picture that David is drawing out here. Him being right in the middle of the overwhelming, daunting circumstances and challenges that he's facing. He's right in the middle of it and he's seeking one thing. And what he seeks after is noteworthy. And that is why that particular statement in verse 4 struck me as very peculiar and very interesting and and quite uh, convicting. Here he says, all the days of my life, that all of his earthly days may be characterized by this attitude, by this one desire, by this one practice and pursuit to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why will he be confident? Why will he not fear? Why will he not be afraid? He asked us initially, of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I fear? And then he says, I will be confident. What is the reason for it? It is this. It is because of this one thing that he has desired, that he has asked for. He could have asked for so many other things. He could have asked this out of many other things, one among many and one out of many. But he chooses to ask just one thing. What are some of the things that we ask God for? I had to examine my own life. Out of the many things that I ask for, is this one thing that I truly ask God for? Our list of requests towards God is quite lengthy. But in that particular list, is this particular desire even on that list? But here is David with just one item on this list that stands superior, stands highest on the list. And that is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He does one thing in the midst of the overwhelming many circumstances and challenges that he faces. It is important to consider at this time, what is the one thing we will do? What is the one thing that we will decide upon? What is the one thing that we will resolve to do? Because that one thing will make all the difference in our lives. Here he chooses one thing that will make all the difference in his life, that will make all the difference in the outcome of things in his life. He understands that in the midst of the ugliness of the situations and the challenges and the hardships that he faces, he understands that there is a beauty in the midst of all of that ugliness there is a beauty that will not, that is not fleeting, that is not defiled, that is not tarnished, and that is not compromised. And that is the beauty of the Lord. And he chooses to gaze upon that beauty. See, your choice and my choice is a factor that determines our outcome, determines the direction of our lives. And here David chooses wisely to choose, to decide on the right Thing. Why will he be confident? Because he knows that when he is in the presence of the Almighty God, that he will be hidden in the shelter of the Most High. He will be concealed under the cover of God's house 
under the cover of God's home, his tent, and that he will be lifted up high on a rock. David understands very clearly at this point that God will carry him to safety, that he will carry him to a place of untouchability, to the rock that is the most strongest, the most highest rock, the most firm rock, where no waves, storms, and oceans can sweep him away. It seems as though David first talks to his readers, his listeners, his audience, and then he talks directly to God. Starting in verse 7, he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. He says, You have said, Seek my face. And so my heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. And then he goes on to say, Hide not your face from me, O God. He understands that being in the presence of the Lord, to dwell in the temple of the Lord, in the presence of God, is to be fully uncovered, is to be fully visible to God in front of the face of God. But if you and I don't desire, like David desires, to be, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, essentially what we are also choosing as a consequence of that is that God's face be hidden from us, from the circumstances and the challenges of our lives. Think about how dire of a situation that is, how pathetic of a situation and dangerous and disheartening and discouraging of a situation that is. But here David chooses wisely. He offers a short prayer towards the end and he echoes his one desire and one sentiment again in verse 11 where he says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. His desire is to learn more about God, about his presence, who God is in the midst of all the evil, the ugliness that's around him. He doesn't choose the way that he wants to choose, that he plans, not what he wants, but he offers a prayer of surrender or submission, much like a student does in front of his or her teacher. And finally, as he begins the psalm with two bold statements, he ends the psalm with two bold, very hopeful statements. He's looking forward with hope and expectation. And he says in verse 13 and 14, I will believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. There are two phrases that he repeats at the very end of it, just like he repeated two questions, two statements in the beginning of the psalm where he says, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? At the very end, he repeats the two phrases, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. Here, David has both confidence, which is faith, has both belief, which is faith in God. But not just that, he also has patience. He's saying, wait for the Lord. He believes and waits. How many of us believe but not wait? They both go together. In fact, patience is a direct result of our faith. It shows our faith, our trust, our confidence in God. For who does he wait for? He waits for the Lord. He does not wait on signs or any other earthly things. Ultimately, he waits on God. And so he says, take courage, be strong, because who you're waiting on depend, uh, matters. Who you're waiting on matters for the kind of position, 
the kind of response that you will have in the face of the many challenges that we face, in the midst of the many challenges that we face. And so he says, have faith, but also be patient for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. He makes his decision very public. He makes his faith very public. We live in an enlightenment kind of a period where our faith is many times kept secret and private or even non-existent. But here is David making his faith, his confidence in God, his desire to pursue God and to live in the midst of all the challenges in the temple of the Lord makes it very public and he makes a decision. Not only that, he understands but that both faith and patience are crucial elements in this Christian journey that we are on. As it says in Hebrews chapter 5, he says, Do not be sluggish, but be imitators of those who have both faith and patience, much like Abraham who believed on God to fulfill all the promises in his life. Here, David encourages us to do the same. Will we also make the one choice, the one decision that matters in the midst of the overwhelming challenges and the situations that we go through? The one decision, the one choice that we make matters. It determines the outcome of our lives, determines the trajectory of our lives. And ultimately understand that when we put our faith in God and that when we are patient before God, God works he leads, he guides, and he provides, and he delivers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Have a blessed day. May God bless you.